Welcome to Plant Stories. The modern, the old, and the crazy in between. Alternative names is Spikenard or just Nard. That one's a fact. Can you believe it? <laughs> Can you imagine all this time referring to lavender as Nard? Well, that brings us into today's episode, Lavender. So I'm assuming that um, pretty much everyone on Earth has heard of lavender. I really can't. Imagine a reason that you wouldn't have heard of lavender, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, it's, I just feel like it's a very popular plant. Am I wrong? I feel like lavender is pretty prevalent. Yeah, it's definitely one of the go-to scents. Yeah. So lavender or lavendula is actually a genus of about 30 species of plant in the mint family, which is the lemiaceae family. And it's primarily native to the Mediterranean. So like uh, that includes to like France, Spain, and Italy. Um, But of course, now it's grown in many different places for its attractive flowers and beautiful scent. Um, There are small evergreen shrubs with these kind of like gray green leaves and purple flowers arranged on spikes at the tips of long stalks. I feel like what people have most commonly seen probably are like dried stalks of lavender. But if you see them grown, you know, out in like a lavender field, there are these like low, you know, shrubby little bushes with like a bunch of bright purple flowers on them, which is always really cool to see if you ever get the opportunity. And they smell lovely on the breeze. They really, really do. And the fragrance of this plant is actually caused by these oil glands that are embedded in the many tiny hairs that exist on the plant. And these tiny hairs are on the flowers, the leaves and the stems, and they produce this oil. And that is the scent that you get from them. That's kind of why you can like touch them and like rub your hands on them. And, you know, then your hands will smell pretty decently strongly of the lavender, although the flowers do kind of seem to be the most uh, potent with the oil. So typically these plants are cultivated um, by cuttings or dividing the roots. Uh, It's not that lavender seeds don't exist, um, but a lot of forms of commercially produced lavender now don't necessarily like produce the amount of seeds that you would need to, uh, grow a ton of them in the way that we do so uh, you can buy lavender seeds it depends on the type of lavender and things like that but a lot of lavender is grown via uh, cuttings or root divisions they need around like a half a day of full sun to grow well but not a lot of water which makes them great for like sun facing windowsills at home or like environments that tend to be a little like drier or more arid because they kind of like that environment. And because of the lack of water needed for these plants, they are considered drought tolerant and they can be placed with other drought tolerant species. Although this can vary a little bit depending on the exact 
variety of lavender you have. So the most widely cultivated species and really the ones that we're probably going to be referring to most in this episode are English lavender, which is Lavendula angustifolia. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed a letter. Angustifolia. Uh, French lavender, which is Lavendula stochus and woolly lavender, which is Lavendula lanata. I like that one. Yeah. So Lavendula stochus is really the one I feel most often used for scent. And this kind of makes sense too, because Southern France, especially province is like the biggest supplier of lavender in the world. And although, like I said, it's grown in many, many places, they definitely produce the most. And, you know, when we think of lavender, we also tend to think of kind of the color lavender, which is that light, like bluish purple color. And that is believed to originally originate from the color of English lavender. So English lavender tends to be a lighter blue purple color compared to the uh, you know, French lavender, which is a little bit darker. Um, and so lavender, the color kind of comes from that plant specifically. A lot of in more recent times, kind of like popularity that has circulated around lavender and that's caused a big boom in its sale anyway. But there's also, you know, some cultural things like the English lullaby called Lavender Blue or Lavender's Blue, which actually originated in the 17th century when lavender kind of became popular again. And we'll talk a little bit about the history in a minute. And so more recently it was featured in Disney's live action Cinderella, which of course I know about because I went and saw that movie when it premiered. (laughs) I'm a huge Disney fan. It's kind of disgusting. Um, And (laughs) it was also recorded multiple times throughout the 20th century to moderate success in both the UK and the United States. And it kind of makes sense that this became, you know, a fixture in a way because it's estimated that lavender has been used as kind of a common herb for at least 2000 years. The name lavender uh, comes from the Latin verb lavare, which means to wash or livendulo, which means livid or bluish. And the lavare word is kind of believed to come from ancient Rome where lavender was used as an additive to washing clothes and hair and also often like put in baths or like just spread on floors for its pleasant scent. And then uh, like Krista mentioned earlier, one of lavender's alternative names is in fact spike nard, or it's sometimes referred to as just nard. Um, I don't know where that comes from. It seems odd, but it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> so we've been using this for like everyday scented things for over 2000 years now. Yes, this plant has had a place in our history for quite some time. So buckle in because it's going to be a long episode, guys. <laughs> um, for one thing. Egyptians often use this plant in their embalming and mummification processes. Uh, So they did use it 
to actually uh, kind of, I think, make things smell better in that whole process. And decorative urns in pyramids were also found with lavender residue in them. So it's entirely possible that it was used ceremonially for them as well. There's rumors kind of that Cleopatra was using lavender in her, you know, grand seductions of men. Uh, But most Egyptians also just used it as a perfume. So it was a very popular perfume at that time as it is now, probably. And ancient Greeks kind of picked this up from the Egyptians and similarly similarly started using it in their own perfumes. So that was later adapted by the Romans. And the Romans were also kind of the first ones to use it to treat ailments and really discover its antiseptic properties. The Greeks seemed to use it for like back pain and, you know, possibly like calming people down. But, uh, in Roman times, they discovered that it could be used to help with wounds and things like that. As we've spoken about before, especially in like the houseplants episodes and things like that, if you've been listening with us for a while, uh, lavender is specifically mentioned in Dematuria Medica by our friend Dioscorides. Dioscorides! <laughs> and Dioscorides <laughs> mentioned that Uh, When ingested, it could help with things like indigestion, headaches, and sore throats, and externally could help with wounds, burns, or treating uh, skin ailments. And so lavender's popularity, especially in use with kind of like bath or washing products, eventually led to referring to women who would wash clothes for money to get the names lavenders uh eventually this kind of ended up being a semi-unpleasant connotation because some women who were washing clothes for a living also doubled as prostitutes and so the name kind of became synonymous with like a lower class kind of person but More often, it seems to be referring to just women who wash clothes. And so they would often wash the clothes in a solution that had been soaked with lavender. And then they would actually leave the clothes to dry on top of lavender plants Hmm. to ensure that your clothes definitely smelled strongly of lavender. Well, that makes sense. They probably weren't washing clothes as often as we were on top of (laughs) it. Yeah, probably. They're like, we really need to soak it in there. Get it in. Rub it in. Mm-hmm. I just imagine like these women like taking the flowers of lavender and just like rubbing it into the clothes. I imagine just like they're holding like real big handfuls of it and they're just like whacking the clothes with it. You know? <laughs> really get it in there. Yeah, get it in there. No, that's <laughs> probably not what they were doing, but I do know that they dried the clothes <laughs> over, <laughs> over the lavender. Uh and lavender is referred to in the Bible by its name, spikenard. So it does actually have kind of a place there. It's used a couple times to do things like rub Jesus's feet mm-hmm. or is mentioned as like a kind of healing ointment. 
but supposedly it was a plant that was actually taken by Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden on their way of being kicked out. Good snatch. Yeah. Good snatch, guys. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Spike Nard. <laughs> I love it. I know, and it's such a weird thing to think that in it has this like very harsh name. <laughs> I understand why lavender is more popular, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then Arabic people during the 7th century AD included lavender in their medicinal knowledge as well, because most of them continued to kind of hold Demeterica Medica in high regard. So they kind of used it in their medicine and then they brought this knowledge to Spain and it seemed to kind of spread to some other areas of Europe. So, for a while, knowledge of lavender's medicinal and kind of spiritual properties were held onto by the monks and nuns. And we kind of know that from our history of houseplants, right? So, we know that uh, a lot of people who maybe might have originally had like a house garden, now that was kind of like frowned upon a little bit or took too much time for the average person. And so the people who really like held on to any knowledge of these kind of things, the people who could read uh, in Europe at that time were really monks and nuns. And so they did grow lavender. There are recorded instances of them, you know, growing lavender as a kind of like medicinal plant. But uh, later on in Tudor England, once monasteries kind of became dissolved, lavender began moving back into the public eye as people started growing them in their home gardens. And it experienced kind of a resurgence. And so people mixed it with like furniture polish. They used it as potpourris for multiple areas of the home. So you would put like sprigs under your sheets in your bed to make your bed smell smell nice or like put them in drawers and it also began to become more popular as a perfume again as well as kind of a way to repel insects including things like head lice that's a great benefit yeah um and for some reason, I read this in like a couple places, but I couldn't figure out where exactly it comes from. It said that women also sometimes believed they would be blessed with dreams of their future husbands if they drank lavender tea before bed. So some people tried to use it to, I guess, see the future. It does kind of have a connotation with love a little bit, but in this Specific instance, it seems that people believed they drank lavender tea before bed. They would then dream of their future husbands. I wonder if it just gives you nice dreams. It could be, yeah. So, then a little later on in the 16th century, lavender was considered a possible possible way to ward off infections. And one of the ways that they kind of figured this out was that glove makers in France who were licensed to perfume their wares would often 
perfume them with lavender and it seemed to ward off cholera. Like most of them who worked with this often uh, seemed to be able to ward off that disease. And so people kind of started thinking of it as a solid way to avoid that. And during the black death, lavender was used as a preventative to getting the disease. It was thought to ward off this potential sickness and, you know, thinking about it now, it might be that it was effective because of its ability to kind of ward off the fleas or lice that would be carrying this disease. Grave robbers, even at that time, would sometimes wash like plague victims' belongings that they stole from in a solution that included lavender in order to hopefully disinfect it. This- Interesting, sad, and clever. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, you know, I think, too, at this time, it's just not that we didn't know anything about medicine, but so little was known about medicine by, you know, the grand scheme of people. Like, we talk about the, you know, De Materia Medica, But the truth is most average people couldn't read it because they couldn't read or didn't have access to it. Mm -hmm. So a lot more things were really done by trial and error. And I mean, if you had to choose between some of the gross things that we know are helpful or instead this thing that smells nice and could be helpful. (laughs) I mean, I don't know about you, but I'd probably pick lavender. I'd be like, oh, I just have to bathe in lavender and I won't get ill. (laughs) (laughs) And another uh, excellent example of a royal bringing something back into fashion was really that Queen Victoria, who we also know had a big thing to do with bringing back plants in general, was a very big fan of lavender huge fan of lavender would have lavender placed all over her home she drank it to ward off stomach upset she encouraged its harvest and so it became a really fashionable scent and it meant that many young ladies of the time were into lavender because the queen was into lavender. Which seems accurate. Queen Victoria seemed to be like, you know, people talk about like Marie Antoinette and don't get me wrong. I love Marie Antoinette. We could talk about that all day. But <laughs> Queen Victoria definitely seemed to be a trendsetter. It seems like a thing that she was. And it's kind of interesting But because of this, because this was so popular for ladies at that time, there was a period then, you know, years later in the early 20th century where the smell of lavender just became associated with old ladies. Because all the young ladies grew up. Yeah. And they all still loved (laughs) lavender. So like when it kind of like quote unquote fell out of fashion, uh, it was considered like associate. That was a smell for old women. 
So during World War One, it was sometimes used as an antiseptic when other antiseptics were in short supply. So you didn't have a lot, especially if you're talking about, you know, being in Europe. Uh, lavender is kind of native to some of those areas and probably more easily accessible. Really, they encouraged the growth of lavender in France when they figured it could be profitable and they actually stopped producing all encouraging the production at least of almonds and instead encouraged the production of lavender. Lavender requires a lot less water. Uh, it was definitely a profitable venture and continues to be to this day. The first people in the United States to really begin commercially producing lavender after this point were actually the shakers. So shakers are kind of, I don't know, like a sub, can you call religions subunits? A sect. Yeah, sure. A sect of (laughs) um, Quakers. And so they moved here kind of developed a farming technique for it and were able to pretty successfully sell, start selling lavender worldwide. Wow. Nice. Uh, And to this day, there are still lavender farms across the United States. I was reading an article about someone who grows lavender on a farm in Texas. Um, I know for a fact that there is a lavender farm I've been dying to visit in Connecticut. (laughs) Thank you, coronavirus, for ruining all my summer plans. Um, But it's sold, you know, throughout the United States. Obviously, like I said, even still, the biggest producers of it are in France. But it's easy to grow in lots of places. And so uh, it's definitely a popular commercial plant. And for a while, even though, of course, there were people who were using it, it really rose again in popularity when it was, quote unquote, rediscovered by an aromatherapist whose name was uh, Gatefosse, Rene Gatefosse. I don't know. I can only think of Bob Fosse when I see the letters (laughs) F-O-S-S-E together. So... Uh, Basically, one day he was, you know, working to make some essential oils and he ended up burning himself and he burns himself a lot. So nearby there was a vat of cooled lavender oil and he stuck his arm in it in order to cool off the burn. And he noticed afterwards that it didn't get infected, which he, I guess, expected it might have been. And uh, there wasn't really any scarring. And the healing was relatively quick and easy. So that kind of caused him to, you know, again, note kind of the properties that this plant has and then kind of promote it as a successful and... more popular thing that it is today and we know that like obviously we use lavender for a lot of things so it's definitely used in food so most often people use it in teas but i've also heard of things like ice cream smoothies 
you know, things like that. Uh, the lavender that we eat is actually typically English lavender. If you are ever going to ingest lavender, you should make sure it's culinary lavender. And we also use it in kind of everyday life as well as in aromatherapy. It's considered to be a great sleep aid, a way to help ease depression, promote calmness, and even help relieve uh, some pain. There have been lots of studies uh, kind of scattered about lavender and the different things that it might be able to do, but not enough like solid, repetitive research done on a large scale group of people would have us confirm that lavender does any of these things. So basically like a lot of the other <laughs> medicinal uses for other plants we've talked about. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, lavender in flower language is considered to mean purity, devotion, serenity, grace, and calmness, which is a lot to put on one plant. I feel <laughs> I like grace. That's a good word for that for that flower. I don't know. If you throw lavender on the ground, it's not very graceful. I imagine like grace like a feather. I don't know. But like when you smell it, the way it makes you feel. Yeah, I guess that could be true. Uh, lavender is also associated with the heart chakra. So it's considered a flower of love and romance, also like self-love. And that kind of relates to to more like recent pagan traditions in which it's used to like bring love, joy, healing, provide protection, bring clarity and sleep. And so it's used in a variety of different like ritualistic or kind of spiritual ways in that realm of things. Most commonly, lavender is sold as a dried plant or it's distilled into essential oils and both are obviously very commonly used commercially. While higher quality essential oil from the flower buds is often used for those kind of everyday purposes, that like essential oil that you would purchase There is also another kind of oil known as spike oil, which is a lower quality oil made from the stems of the lavenders. And it's used for things like painting on porcelain uh, and soap manufacture or scenting products that maybe don't need as strong of a scent. So if you buy essential oil, it's most likely from the buds of the lavender but if you get like a soap or something like that or you see like little pieces of lavender in it also oftentimes you get like little pieces of flower buds and lots of pieces of spike did you say that they would paint it on porcelain yeah it's like used in the mixture of like paint for painting on porcelain Mm, okay to scent the paint not the porcelain i was like that is so weird (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is it's a strange use but it makes so. sense if it was like to like you know be mixed in with like the scent of paint because paint can be really strong that's true <laughs> like, i've never thought to scent my containers <laughs> yes scent all your containers honestly i mean lavender 
as far as scents are concerned, is a pretty strong smell. I don't know if you've ever bought dried lavender. I know I do. Oh, yeah. I got it cascaded across all my things. Yeah, it's a pretty strong scent. So... Very, it's it's very popular, and it is. It, it does seem to be kind of associated with like calmness, and then somehow also love, which I guess is why it kind of makes sense for what we talked about earlier with the women, like looking into the. Oh yeah, the dreams. The dreams, yeah, with lavender, and then also some people do use it as like a protection a little bit. So some people put like bundles over the door. <laughs> Um, especially in spring and things like that. Although lavender is most often, especially like dried lavender is most often kind of harvested in the fall time. But medicinally, lavender is considered an antiseptic, an antibacterial, and an anti-inflammatory. Although again, we don't have enough evidence to say that you should be using this on your own with no consultation from a professional. Just saying. Disclaimer. Uh, it's supposed to be especially useful for like small wounds or even like the irritation from bug bites. As well as ailments okay. such as like headaches. Um, it, Based on the studies that have been done, it does seem as though it has a pretty good reputation for relieving stress and anxiety and depression, things like that, especially through sniffing. It also does seem to settle stomachs, which is again, why it's very commonly used in tea. When we were in Budapest and uh, I was going on that adventurous tour where I was like crawling through their underground cave systems um, before we went underground, I noticed that there was some lavender growing. And so I like snatched up a handful and put it in my like jumpsuit pocket. So whenever I was like feeling overwhelmed, I would like pull out some buds and like crush them up and sniff them. <laughs> and I was like, oh, aromatherapy. All right, let's relax. We can handle this. <laughs> so that was my, I was really happy to find it. Nobody else in my group wanted to smell my lavender but it really helps me <laughs> they were like who's this strange american girl who keeps asking us to smell her hands i'm just like pulling out crumbs of flowers from my pocket and i'm like oh, all right we can do this you guys <laughs> but it really helped me get through well and it definitely seems like I don't know. One of those things that I feel like we haven't really studied because it's just like not necessarily considered dangerous. I will say if you ingest like a ton of it, it could potentially cause you some discomfort like anything else. Mm -hmm. But one of those things that's generally accepted to be considered safe and generally accepted to be something that works so people don't put a ton of pressure on it to be medic like you know scientifically confirmed that it works mm -hmm. maybe that's the primary difference i'm not sure but i mean we've been using it for thousands of years exactly we so <laughs> we know some for sure things i mean do we but also yes 
<laughs> you know, like it smells great in my laundry, for sure. <laughs> yes, it definitely does. I'm gonna have to put some in my diffuser tonight. Like I'm desiring the scent of lavender so strongly now. Oh, I have so many. I always buy dried lavender like whenever I see it. Part of that is because I'm sure you may or may not know that after a certain amount of time, like dried flowers, like anything else, just tend to like lose some of their potency scent wise. But I always buy it when I see it. And then I just like put it in little bundles around my house. I make them look like cute and kitschy. And I just like put like I put little bows on them and stuff. And then I just like hang them everywhere so that I can smell it all the time. I have it like over my bed. I have it in the bathroom. I have it in the living room. I have it in the kitchen. And it's just because I like the smell. That's really it. I keep one in my car. That's a good. Well, the only reason I don't think that would be a good place is because I feel like the sun, like being on it all the time, would like mess with the oils after a certain point so it wouldn't last as long but i also don't have a car so no it for sure does but you know when i'm getting like stressed out from traffic or something i'll like crumble up a little bit and sniff it (laughs) and then you're like huh this has no buds left on it (laughs) have i been stuck in traffic for this long My mini tip is I actually would suggest and you have to be careful because some things that are labeled essential oils can just be something with like fake sense. You know, right. real essential oils are just made with the plant and then essentially like soaked in alcohol. I would say there's lots of lavender essential oils where it's more than likely going to be that because it's pretty easy to get. But it can be a good bug repellent, especially if you're not one of those people where like bugs like super duper love you. (laughs) So like, I'm one of those people where it's not that I don't get bitten by bugs ever, but I don't tend to get like swarmed with bugs. Like I don't tend to go outside in the woods for a little bit and then come back and have like 50 bug bites on me. I have like, Somewhere between four and five. And so lavender can actually be pretty effective for that sometimes. Uh, Especially if you don't want to smell of... Deet. Yeah, deet. (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't... If you're going on a hike in the woods, I would not recommend it. But like, if you're sitting in your backyard and you just don't want to get eaten alive by some bugs like mosquitoes. I definitely think putting a little bit of lavender essential oil like on your kind of uh, pressure points. So like your wrists and behind your knees and like on your ankles, just like a couple Mm -hmm. dabs can help kind of keep those bugs away. And what are we going to talk about in our next episode? In our next episode, we're going to talk about 
eucalyptus. Mm, nice. That's probably one of my favorite headache remedies. Uh, honestly, I like to put eucalyptus and lavender together, but that's just a me thing. Also, eucalyptus and mint. Anyway, but there are definitely a couple different varieties and things like that. So we will definitely have a little bit to talk about. Are we going to talk about koalas? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I'll bring it up. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you all for joining us on our latest episode of Plant Stories. This was Lavender. And check us out on any of our platforms on Instagram, Facebook, at Plant Stories. And keep a lookout. Soon we're going to be doing our Halloween special episode. <laughs>